What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Skill Alexander, hope you had a great weekend. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeffrey, good morning. Good, good morning. I, I, have to, I have to figure out where my microphone oh, is. We have a new microphone stanchion, so uh, I got to figure out what, what, what position it's technically in. Before talking to you, stanchion. A little to my, little to my right today. You throw a basketball off the stanchion. Is that what is that what stanchions do? By the way, you asked a few weeks ago, how do you spell stanchion? Yes, I, I looked it up. Uh-huh. I don't remember how it's spelled. That's how <laughs> weird the spelling is. We're fascinated by that word. Like everybody, one of those words everybody acts. Oh yeah, stanchion. Sure. Uh huh. Paul Spore joins us later on the show to talk baseball. Wes Reynolds on any number of things. The glue that holds this whole operation together. And JVT on the NBA which is probably where you and I will start this morning as well. Oh, I added even more draft uh, bets this weekend. I have a bevy, a slew, a cornucopia, okay, I'll stop, of NFL draft bets. Uh, We'll go through all of them. And again, for those, you know, this is the one thing that I talk about uh, every day on the lead up to the draft. Yes, I'm going to, as as long as I keep adding bets, I'm going to go through all of them every day. I'm going to say some of the things, same things every day as to what my North Star is once a day. And the reason I do this for the NFL draft is because I'm just trying to drive home the point that it is the greatest betting vehicle of the calendar year, period. This show, on this show, we have kilt. We have kilt it over the years, as others have. But we have a phenomenal record on this. Is that a, is that a predictive for this, for this year? I don't know. We'll see. But as the draft gets closer, some things are starting to crystallize. Love most of our bets. Uh, There's one I don't like so much, but, you know, it's a small one. So let that be the one that loses. 
But most of these are great. We'll add on to that. Uh, we'll talk NFL draft as well. But let's start with the NBA, which, again, has just had the greatest first round in the history of the NBA. I said it before the, the round started that this shapes up to be the greatest first round. In a league where the history of it has been so top-heavy, where first rounds have been interminable and boring over the years, where 80% of the favorites manifest and get through, this one on paper shaped up to be the best. And isn't it ironic don't you think that Brooklyn and Boston may be the one that ends up in a sweep? That might be the one. We'll find out tonight. Uh, with Brooklyn favorite again. Curious to hear what you think about that. Uh, but Kyrie Irving on uh, on Saturday, Game 3, Celtics taking a three-game-to-nothing lead in this series. By the way, Nets favored by a point tonight, total 220. That's a 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific start. Kyrie Irving finished with 16 points missing all seven of his threes on Saturday. And Kevin Durant, I guess it looked decent in the end, 16 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. But for the third straight game, man, just subpar. Midway through the second quarter, Kevin Durant had three field goal attempts. Three midway through the second quarter. He didn't crack double figures until deep into the third. And after attempting 20 free throws in game two, Durant didn't get up his first attempt until late in the fourth. Had five turnovers in game three. Third straight game, he's kicked. He's uh, he's had five or more turnovers. Outscored in the first half by Peyton Pritchard. Brown, Bruce Brown, uh, attempted eight more shots than him after failing to make a shot in the second half of game two. Durant didn't have an official attempt over the final 11 minutes of game three. Not a single shot over the final 11 minutes of game three. And in the end, through this series, now the first three games of this series, Kevin Durant has 19 made baskets and 17 turnovers. The great Kevin Durant, who at one point might have been 1B to LeBron's 1A in the NBA. Maybe he was even 1A. But you can hear the snickering from the Bay Area right now. I can hear it. If you listen close enough. I said the Nets weren't getting out of the first round. Jeff, I had no idea they could possibly be swept. And one more thing about this before we get to your reaction on this spread today. The whole Ben Simmons thing. I said here last week, and I, and I, I disagreed with, with my cohorts, Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin on primetime action. I saw no reason for the Nets to play Ben Simmons in game four. Remember, this was after game two, after the Nets were down two to nothing. And I said, if they're down three to nothing, they absolutely have no reason to play Ben Simmons. What are you doing? But even if they're down 2-1, to one, why are you throwing in this guy who hasn't played since the Eisenhower administration? What, what do you expect out of him? 18 minutes of, of D that you think is going to be elite defense for a guy that just showed up? You can't expect that of someone. Well, not, okay, so that was my position. Not only did they fall three, down 3 to nothing in this series, but they said Ben Simmons is playing. And now after they lose, we find out apparently that Ben Simmons woke up Sunday morning with a sore back once again. And he's not playing tonight. This is what they, I mean, he shouldn't have played, but you told us he was, and now he's not. What a, what a, imagine all of the content, all of these mainstream media shows spent talking about this dude. Nets minus one. What do you think, Jeff? Should they be favored? Scott Foster's reffing the game. Take that information how you want. I'm not betting it partially because Foster is on this game because I would, I saw this last night. It's like Boston's winning. Boston's sweeping. This is done. Uh, but Foster being there gives me a little bit of pause because, again, we we know what we know what Scott Foster's role at this point is as an NBA ref. But but Gil, more than anything, forget that Durant has been 
just swallowed whole by the Boston defense in this series. The greatest team defensive performance you'll ever see. They've been phenomenal. Yeah. The Simmons thing. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen A. Smith actually was right yesterday. He was 100%, 100% right. 100% right. right. Just he was spot Destroying on. Simmons. Yes. And the, also, the, 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 too. The, the money quote was, this isn't, this isn't going to the octagon. This is, I don't know if he said going to war or whatever he said. This isn't going to the octagon. This isn't going to play. You're playing, you're, you're, this is going to play basketball. Like, you have to beg this guy to play basketball. What are, what are we doing? No, and, and look, it's, it, it is a pattern that has developed plenty of years now for Simmons. And if you're, again, we trashed, a lot of us trashed the people in Philadelphia the whole time, the way it was covered. Seemed pretty vindicated today with how this has all gone in Brooklyn so far. We, we trash Sagan, we trash what? Basically the reaction that from media in Philadelphia, fan bases in Philadelphia, um, yeah, that Simmons, uh, oh, gotcha. just the way that Simmons is, yeah. I, Gil, I, you, can, I, you don't wake up Sunday and just say your back hurts when you're down 3-0. Like, if you're Brooklyn, just come out. If, the thing, the thing if, about if you're it, the Nets, too, you could have come out and basically said, hey, look, if we're, we're down 3-0. We're going we're gonna to wait, see if we get back in this series. And be honest with your fans. Don't lie to your fans like this. Well, it's also, you're, you're, uh, I get it. You're, oh, teams that are down 3 to nothing in NBA best of seven series are 0-143. 0-143 oh lifetime. So by that, you know, Brooklyn should have no chance. But listen, it, 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 if, you, if it's ever going to happen, it's going to happen with Kyrie Irving and KD. One, would, one could get there mentally. I can't, but I could see how one could. And the thing is, if you show up for game four now, at this point after you said you were, and let's just say you win it, well, you know, it becomes a sphincter tightening thing. Like if, if the Sixers lose tonight to the Raptors, oh boy, that should be fun. Gets interesting. All then of a it sudden. gets interesting, right? But here's, but you know, you get. But let's go back to the Scott Foster thing that you mentioned. I don't even think you have to. I, I don't think. I know we like to make a big deal on the network about Scott Foster. We, you don't have to do that in the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs is so egregiously officiated towards the home team that I don't care if it was David Foster. I couldn't think of another Foster. It's a producer, super producer, music. But the free throw advantage in the T Wolves in the T Wolves. Um, Grizzlies game four, 40 to 25 in favor of the T-Wolves at Minnesota. Jazz Mavericks game four, which the Jazz won barely at the end, 42 to 23. We're talking free throw attempts in favor of the Jazz. Game four are in Toronto. Raptors 35 to 25 in favor of the Raptors. And then last night in New Orleans, did you see this? With the Pelicans tying up the series at two games apiece against the Suns, the Pelicans free throw advantage 42 to 15. Remember that NCAA game? I can't remember which it was. Where we were in here, we're like, it was a Texas game, I want to say. Was it a Texas game? Texas Purdue, where Purdue Texas took 9,000 free throws and Texas took six. That's correct. Like, at some point, okay, I get it. Some of them are fouls. Uh, and maybe you're right. Maybe there should be an advantage. But 42 to 15? Like, these refs are so influenced by the home crowd, it's unbelievable. Well, it's funny. You normally don't hear coaches just trash the officials after games. Yeah. And you heard Jenkins say probably what was well, the – go ahead, Gil. No, no. I, yeah. Go ahead. Because yeah, what Jenkins said, the fact that it was just poorly and arrogantly officiated. Arrogantly. Arrogantly. I've never heard a coach say that. I've don't. been waiting for someone to say that, but 
I've never heard that said. And Imani Williams, who is the most mild-natured human being in the league, basically, mm-hmm. destroyed the refs after the game. I actually think that Jenkins's beef was the was the most justified of all of them. I 100%. If you watch that game and if you had again the you know maybe through your bet, maybe maybe you didn't have a bet, but it just seemed like you could if you coughed on a Timberwolf, right? If you coughed on one of their players, the whistle blew and the Grizzlies get hacked to death, nothing happened. Carl Anthony Towns would hurl his body into players, and and they'd be like, oh, he got fouled. Oh, God, he's so great. I, that was a very frustrating basketball game to watch. Are you surprised the Nets are one-point favorites? You just want no, t- you, no part of this. I'd only bet Boston. I wouldn't touch it. I'm not going to bet it, though. I wouldn't touch it because of what we just said about officiating, right? You don't, you don't know. The Celtics are so much better. Here's the thing. Warriors going to win it in five, even though they lost. I have no doubt they're going to – I think they're going to blow out the Nuggets. I have no doubt that – Celtics will win it in five if they don't win it tonight. Which is the which is the team that's down three one that you give the best chance of coming out of a hole? Raptors, Hawks, Nuggets. Of the three ones, no. Of the three ones or three O's, no one. No one's coming back and win. No one. No one's coming back. It, and win. But if I forced you to pick one that, hey, that I'm like one of them's gonna do it, Jeff. One of them's gonna gonna tease us. Who's the one? Toronto, I guess. Toronto because I guess. of Embiid's injury. That's the only one. But none of them are going to. Yeah, I don't think anyone. The two twos are interesting, though. Two twos are interesting. And did the Mavs look somehow worse with Luka than without? We'll talk to JVT about that coming up as well. And T-Wolves Grizzlies, good Lord, who knows from night to night. Coming back, NFL Draft Bets next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Uh, two more games, obviously, tonight. Another triple header. Raptors Sixers, in addition to the Celtics Nets, which we were, we were talking about, Nets one-point favorites. Raptors Sixers, Sixers looking to close it out on the gentleman sweep. Scotty Barnes returned uh, in game four. And, of course, Joel Embiid still has the thumb issue, but the Sixers in this one favored by seven and a half tonight, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And then, of course, game five, of the Jazz and the Mavericks back in Dallas now with Luka. Luka made a surprising. I didn't think he'd play in game four. I was surprised that he was there. Um, he was he was Luka great at times for sure. But then you, you quickly go back to the Jalen Brunson games and you're like, are they better off against this specific team? Remember we talked about how Jason Kidd would just spread it out against a Rudy Gobert defense. And now with with Luca running the show and everything goes through him, are the Mavericks actually better off or worse off? We'll talk to JVT about this momentarily. But do you have any plays on, on either of those pre-flop? I, I don't. I'm still reeling. I had all sorts of bloated money line tickets on Dallas in-game on Saturday that, of course, died a very oh, unfortunate death at brutal. the end. I was wondering why you got quiet there on Saturday. Oh, I, yeah. I, I it, it, up four with 30 seconds to go. I, I was like, all right, well, this was a, this was a very successful day. And then... See you later. But I will say this with that series where Utah has just we, – we know what they are at this point. They're so they, bad. They clearly don't like each other. They're, they're, <laughs> Boy, we're convinced they, of this, yes. Their, their execution is all over the place offensively. But I got to give them credit. They're down four with 30 seconds to go. Only yes. four teams in the last – Well, two missed free throws. Well, well 
Dwight Powell. One thing, I, I don't know if anyone even said this. You notice that after, before the first free throw, Powell was really shaking out his left arm. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. So he was really. He, they had the weird angle on that one. Yeah, he was really yeah. shaking his left arm out. So I wonder if he didn't, if, if he like hit his funny bone or something. On I know it's his offhand, but even so, Powell was, was totally pure on the first two he took earlier in the quarter. Missed those. And yeah. what are you going to do? Utah had made the play. Why did kid not advance the ball? Yeah. Also, no, that was bizarre. I don't know. But I, that, I, I, I like Dallas to win this series. I don't, I'm not going to bet it tonight, though. Um, I've said for five years on this show, and we say it on primetime action all the time. You just in game these. You in game them. You look for favorable opportunities, you in game. Pre flop on this stuff just doesn't. So many of them come down to Plinko. It, you'll just get a favorable line in either direction during games. Uh, with all the uh, with all the spurts, that's been our mo on this show for for beginning of time. Um, I've got nothing pre flop on any three of these on on any of the three of these games tonight. Uh, we'll talk to JVT more about these though later. Many questions to be had. Uh, okay, NFL draft. This is again the greatest betting vehicle of the calendar year. I've added more bets. I am comfortably in double digits <laughs> in double digits now. Let us start from the beginning. We'll do them in chronological order. Chronological order, and these are at the at the uh, at the shops that I've done. We'll do the other screen first. Do we have the first? Well, screen? I'm just going to tell you, this is a little it's a little bit mixed based, oh. based off of the type of bet you have made here, Gil. Oh, the easiest okay. Easiest way to organize this. So not chronological. Not, not chronological. Uh, I apologize. Yes. Okay. So um, we'll go through them all. First cornerback drafted Derek Stingley plus two eighty. That is a flyer. That still is a flyer. I don't expect to win that, but to me, Derek Stingley is the best pure player in this draft. He is champ Bailey and how teams outthink themselves, right? To go with this guy or the other guy. He's the single most in my opinion, the single most solid draft pick of anybody in this year's draft. So I took a flyer on first cornerback drafted Derek Stingley plus two eighty. You'll see a subsequent Derek Stingley bet coming up. Uh, Shout out. First of all, again to stations and to William Hill stations and William Hill along with MGM, but stations at William Hill from the beginning had huge menus and they all took bets. This notion that somehow they didn't is false. Boyd, by the way, if I lose any bets, I hope they're the ones I made at Boyd because Boyd does limit you. But, but at stations, quarterbacks drafted in the first round. I made this a while ago. Over three at minus 115. I believe that's a push at worst. Wide receivers drafted in the first round, over six. That also at stations, plus 140. You can't get anywhere close to that number anymore. But over six, plus 140. Again, my north star is the Daniel Jeremiah comment, and he's right. With all of these middling wide receivers, and I'll elaborate on all of these middling wide receivers getting $10 million a year, the Christian Kirks and the Zay Jones of the world, and then you see how Tyreek and Devontae and now Debo trying to break the bank in the NFL with wideouts. It is more important than ever for teams to have control of young wide receivers under rookie deals so they can control costs. So for me, that's the North Star. That's why I bet quarterbacks over three, wide receivers drafted over six, plus 140. This one I expect to lose, but it's at Boyd, so I'm okay with it. Total number of safeties in the first round, under one and a half. I love the number at plus 188. We'll see if Daxon Hill gets uh, drafted late in the first round. Kyle Hamilton obviously will go. Playing position of the first drafted player by the Giants. I added this one this weekend. Playing position of the first drafted player by the Giants. Remember, the Giants have five and seven. 
I believe they're going offense. Offense was plus 100. Give that to me. And then I did something creative this weekend as well. There was a shop where you get first overall draft pick, Aiden Hutchinson, minus 125. His number had crashed. And in the same breath, right below it, second overall draft pick, Aiden Hutchinson, plus 145. I believe that if he doesn't go first, and if you're starting to read the tea leaves, it looks like it could be Trayvon Walker, now number one of the Jags. We'll see. But I believe if it is Trayvon Walker, that the Detroit Lions are going to sprint to the front of the room to draft Aiden Hutchinson second. So I've got Hutchinson minus 125 first, Hutchinson second round pick plus, uh, second overall draft pick plus 145. So the playing position of the first drafted player by the Giants offense and the two Hutchinson plays, which are really a tandem play as a bankroll builder in theory, those were made this weekend. Here are some of the others now on the other screen. These are also draft bets that I have in pocket. It is, again, a, 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 a betting vehicle that I have no compunction laying juice on, and I have no compunction making a lot of plays on. Derek Stingley, under 11 and a half, minus 110. You can't find a, a, a place or juice anywhere close to that now. Ahmad Gardner, sauce, under 7 and a half, minus 130. That was at William Hill. Draft position for Iki Aquanu over 3.5, minus 130. Could I lose that? Sure. But to me, he's not going one or two, despite what you hear some mockers say. So it's really a bet, will he go three or not? George Karloftis, over 18.5, minus 170. Again, I don't usually lay minus 170 in sporting events and bets, but if there's value, there's value. I'll, I'll lay minus 170 if there's value in other sports. I'll certainly lay it in an information-based NFL draft. Garrett Wilson, under 10.5, minus 165. That was an early bet as well. The bet that I actually have the most money on, Jeff, the biggest outlay of all of them, Charles Cross, under 7.5, plus 100. We had Chris Felica on last week. He's all about this bet. Said he's got some intel on it as well. Charles Cross looks probably to go to the Giants at either 5 or 7. Under 7.5 at plus 100. And then Kayvon Thibodeau I added this weekend as well, under four and a half. I didn't get the best number on this juice-wise. I was late on this one, but I have Thibodeau under four and a half at minus 175, which is a small bet again at Boyd. So that's well into the double digits of bets. Again, shout out to William Hill and to Stations. Shout out to MGM. Uh, South Point added theirs last week. And we have two more books in town who want no part of the NFL draft who are adding them today. I don't know if I have any more bets in me. To be honest with you, like I, that's a pretty good bunch of bets. Um, but at the top of the draft right now, what I'm, what I'm thinking is that it's going to be Trayvon Walker one. This is where I stand now. And by the way, after this show, Chris Felica, Drew Dinsick, and I are recording our beating the book NFL draft pod. So it's all draft all day for me. But at the top right now, what I'm thinking is it's Trayvon Walker one to Jacksonville, Aiden Hutchinson two. Then it, it then it three and four is where it gets interesting. Some combination of Sauce or Stingley and Thibodeau. Your Jets at four are not going to let one of those corners or Thibodeau go by them, are they? They're going to take defense with that first pick. Thibodeau. It's just a matter of yeah. who. Yeah. And I think Thibodeau is going to be there for him at four. I do so too. I think that's going to be the pick. So that if that's the order of events. For me, you know, the, the big bonanza would be if it would be Stingley, right? First cornerback picked. But even if it's not, I would hit the Stingley under 11 and a half. I would, stick, I would hit the, the Thibodeau under 
uh, under four and a half. I would hit the Hutchinson one-two deal. Um, so that would be a great start to my draft. I would also then hit the over three and a half on Ikki Aquanu. All of those bets would cash at the same time in those first four. And then the Charles Cross pick at five or seven, let the winnings continue. So I am really, really excited about where I'm positioned for this. And again, the only reason we go through the whole list every time, I'll say it again. And the only reason we repeat the North Star comment about Daniel Jeremiah is I'm just trying to drive home that year after year after year, we win big on this. I hope you will bet the NFL draft if you have it in the future. Coming back, JBT on the NBA. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Spring Special is here for only $59. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN.com. And the subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Montobel will have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features the daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash spring. Speaking of Andy McNeil, how about the Vegas Golden Knights last night? They were up 4-2. to two. With like three minutes left, was it? And they blow it to the San Jose Sharks, ultimately winning in a shootout. And is that Katie bar the door for Vegas? Well, for all intents and purposes, it'll be official once Dallas beats them on Tuesday. But (laughs) once uh, I mean, what a what a what a disaster! Brutality. Well, he also uh, not that not not that I'm any any hockey expert here, Gil, but I'm not sure how uh, how much of a if, if it's a coincidence or not that the Buffalo Sabres have started playing better hockey oh, when one you. Jack Eichel got traded to Vegas oh. and uh, the Knights are missing the playoffs for the first time in their franchise's oh. history. Interesting. Hmm. You feel like he's Monte Ellis-ish. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? That's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting comparison, old, but not a bad one. Old Warriors reference. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we just mentioned him. Let's talk uh, some NBA with JVT, our senior NBA analyst. And, of course, co-host of The Edge here at the network, Jonathan Von Tobel. How are you doing, JVT? You good? Uh, yeah, I'm good. It was a good weekend. Uh, it was a fun weekend, so I'm ready to keep going at it, man. These first-round series, they have been pretty fun. So I want to I ask you a couple things that I brought up, some of which we tried to answer, some of which we didn't. One, it's Game 5 tonight between the Jazz and the Mavericks. And the Jazz figured out a way in the end. They were down 5 late. They figured out a way to win it uh, in the end. And the question becomes, okay, Luca did some great things, and Luca is incomparable. And Lord knows, uh, was it Spiro Diddy's who was on that uh, call? Who was who was like, oh my god, a basketball savant, a basketball Every, yeah, everything yeah. Luca did. He just went crazy on it. Um, but might it be that against this team, the way that the Jazz are composed, that if you gave the Mavs some truth serum, they would actually tell you the Jalen Brunson led offense might have actually been a little better. I think there's truth to the truth. Like, like the first two games. Yes. And I think when Luca came back, it got a little stagnant. He got a little, you know, ball got sticky in his hands, which it tends to do. But, but I still think there's something there. Like, you know, when this series was first set, I was waiting, like salivating at the thought of betting the Dallas Mavericks at a small minus price. Some bookmakers said it was going to be a pick potentially in that series, because when you look at the ability of a three guard lineup with Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie on the floor together, there's a lot of ball handling. There's a lot of ball movement there. The ability to kick it out. 
So I think you can still find those when all three of them are playing together. But I think to your point, it did seem like the ball got a little sticky with Luca. Their offensive efficiency did dip pretty bad uh, in that game, 108.9. And yet they still had an opportunity to, to win that game as well against Utah. The ultimate irony of a lob pass from Donovan Mitchell to Rudy Gobert uh, is what wins that game for the Jazz. So I think there is some truth to that, but I also think we'll start to get those kinks worked out a little bit here and we'll see a much better performance from their offense uh, later tonight. I think Luca just probably felt a little too heroic in certain instances, but I think yeah, today you'll probably start to see that ball move a little bit more. You'll see that pop around. You'll see it get out to open three point shooters. You'll see catch and shoot three point attempts because that that is there. And with three guys who can handle it as opposed to just two, it should actually be better statistically. Are you laying the points tonight with the Mavericks? And then beyond that, would you play a Mavericks series price? Would now knowing that the Suns are hamstrung without Devin Booker, if they can even get by the Pelicans, right? That's a big yeah. if. We, remember, then there's no reseeding in the NBA, so the Mavericks would get the winner of the Suns Pelicans, and so the Mavericks might have a path here now that Luca's back to at least get to the Western Conference Finals. How many Mavs bets? I guess would you make right here? Well, I've got a couple already. Um, so I, I did lay two and a half last night with Dallas. And, you know, we have seen in the postseason that the, the odds makers have shifted home court uh, to just about three points, maybe about three and a half. Uh, for those who don't know, home court in the regular season was worth just about one and a half points, maybe, maybe just over that. But we have seen it get ratcheted up here uh, in terms of the power ratings by odds makers. And so when you, you're telling me, right, when this gets to two and a half yesterday, uh, that the Jazz are still the better team on a neutral court than the Dallas Mavericks or Luka Doncic back. I just don't buy into that. Uh, we've seen how this played out when you actually have the right game plan on the floor for the Dallas Mavericks through games two and three and how well they performed. The fact that the market has been oddly high on Utah throughout this series, and it's why they have failed to cover those three straight games, barely getting by in game one and covering that number as well. So for me, just the, the market power rating has been pretty off here with Utah, so I'm going to continue to play against it. I've done it now for three straight games, and this is another. So I laid two and a half uh, with uh, Dallas, and I think that's still out there. It's like minus 115 at MGM. And as far as Dallas's path to the Western Conference Finals, I hope you're right. I've got them at 14 to 1 to win the Western Conference, and I, I think that's very plausible. With, with Doncic back, now you have the superstar who, in the games in which you need him to be, uh, the ball dominant guy who can score from multiple areas of the floor, can shoot, can can drive, can pass, do all of those things. They are a very good defensive team. They have shown that now in this series. The game plan for them has been brilliant in terms of running the Jazz off of the 3.9 a line, not allowing them to, what, as they call it, get the blender going where they're just moving and kicking the ball around and it's just swinging around. The Mavericks aren't allowing that to happen. I think they do have like the the build of a team that could get to the Western Conference Finals, even against the Phoenix Suns, Gil, if they're fully healthy and together, if they make it past New Orleans Pelicans. So, yes, like I would agree. Like I think the Jazz – are going to lose this series to Dallas. I think Dallas is an extremely skilled and, and very well-coached team. So a path to a Western Conference Finals is still there. And if you're looking around the future sport to take a stab, to me it would be Dallas and nobody else. Dallas and nobody else. Though I don't think they'd beat the Dubs in the uh, – I don't think they'd beat the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, but right. I, I understand the point. That's why I ask it about the Mavs. Speaking of the Warriors, who do not play tonight, uh, Game 5 – uh, listen, they they lose game four. It, it was almost right. like the, the Warriors were sort of like sleepwalking through a lot of that game. And then they're like, all right, let's see if we can win this in the end. They actually took a two-point lead on a Steph. Just absolutely beautiful splash, a long two. But then the Mavs figured out a way at the end. There was a terrible inbound pass on a lob from Otto Porter Jr. intended for Andrew Wiggins. That sort of spelled doom for the Warriors at the end. And I guess my question here is, 
what we saw at the end of that game, though, was this great isolation where the Warriors would just, you know, pick off a way to get Jokic one-on-one with Curry, and it just got comical at what a mismatch that was. The Warriors are winning game five, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, and it goes down to, you know, the, the cliche that role players play better when they're on their home court. I mean, you look at some of the performance yesterday from the Nuggets, uh, 21 points from Aaron Gordon uh, and six rebounds, four assists. Aaron Gordon in the uh, first six games, if you include the regular season against Golden State, it averaged nine points on 33% shooting. So you got a better performance from Aaron Gordon in two home games. Uh, Monty Morris was unconscious from three-point range. I think that he hit five uh, in the third quarter. If I remember correctly, he was fantastic. 24 points in that game. Bones Highland, 15 on five of 10 uh, from the floor or yeah, from the floor, uh, Austin rivers with an out of body defensive experience for him in terms. And he's a good on ball defender, but he was incredible yesterday when he was playing defense. Now you shift venues, you're back in San Francisco, an area that has not been very friendly to you. You, as you mentioned, uh, if you, you being the golden state warriors still have, yeah, although you might have a mismatch in pick and roll defense against uh, Nikola Jokic, but still you can go and isolate that. For some reason, the Nuggets are very fine with switching Jokic on to Steph Curry multiple times. So that advantage is still there. Your small ball lineups, I would expect, yes. Uh, the Warriors, I don't think they're in any danger of letting this get to like game six and going back to Denver. They should be able to win this game and then move on and see who's going to face them in the uh, 2 7 series between Memphis and Minnesota. Yeah, game five of that Warriors Nuggets series, not until Wednesday. Uh, yep. We talked about the Mavs and, and the. Uh... And the Jazz, which is the third of three tonight, the second of three tonight, is game five back in Philly between the Sixers and the Raptors. And I asked this earlier. I'll just ask it of you. Of all the teams that are down, I guess in the case of the Nets, it's three to nothing. But all of the teams that are down three to one. So we're talking about the Raptors and the Hawks. uh, And um, who am I forgetting? But there's others, right? And who's the one of all of the teams that are down? The Nuggets, as we mentioned. Who's the one that you can actually see flirting with winning two games in their respective series? Is it the Hawks? Is it the Raptors tonight? Is it a game like this where you're like, well, if the Raptors could just figure out a way, they do have Scotty Barnes back, Joel Embiid has a thumb issue. That could be interesting. What's the team of all of those that you think could make noise? If I think you asked, I think you asked it here because it's the, it's the most likely choice, right? Yes. It's Toronto. Now, they, they, again, you're not saying that it is going to happen, but if right. we're if we were stacking them in odds of probability, it would be Toronto. Like the the fact that Scotty Barnes is back, as you mentioned. Now, of course, it, it it is pretty painful for Toronto, right? You finally get Scotty Barnes back. You have two really good defensive performances uh, in Toronto, 106.7 your defensive rating through two games. Uh, you Philly had crushed them in transition through the first two games in Philadelphia. You hold them to an offensive rating in transition at 89.5, which is incredible. Incredible. And they were really good transition defense. You expected that to pop up, but then you lose Fred Van Vliet to injury and he's potentially not available today. He's questionable with this hip issue that has been bothering him. Fred Van Vliet's been playing through injuries all year long. So if he can go, he'll probably go today, but you're just talking about a team that can still muck this series up. You saw in the first two games too, by the way, I mean, while they ended up the final score being blowouts in Philadelphia, there were moments in each of those games where they were very competitive and making it their type of game and ultimately gets away from them. Now you talk about the hand injury. It would be most likely Toronto that can make that happen. No pre-flop play here for you, though? Not, not in Toronto, Philly, no. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the one team I did forget that's down 3-1 or 3 nothing, the Bulls didn't even, like, leap. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Didn't yeah. even come to mind. <laughs> Probably for a reason. I'll say no. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say no also. <laughs> we'll come back more with JVT, including the Nets and the Celtics tonight. Coming back on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Thank you. 
from LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist Season 2, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Discover BetMGM, the King of Sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three pointer, regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VSIN200. 
when you place your first bet to take advantage of the offer. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer. Not available in Mississippi or Nevada. We get tweets, a slew of them. Uh, J-Rod, forget the draft. Ig is the best bet in all of sports. Blitz the field in Stuttgart. J-Rod, let me tell you something, man. If I, did, if I could do two hours on Igas Fiatek and all the money she's made us, I'd be a happy man. But people don't want to hear two hours of Iga. It's, it's, it, here's the thing, again, from our 33-1 to 1 back of the 2020 French Open to being the number one player in all the world who's won four straight tournaments, let's just say I just keep adding futures bets. That's all. Uh, Rob L. Uh, let's see here. And ain't it ironic? Don't oh oh it is and isn't it ironic? Don't you think uh, that Brooklyn and Boston might be the series that ends up in a sweep? LOL. Love how you slipped in that Alanis reference to NBA talk. Uh, thank you, sir. The A Better Life, Tim Lawson. My Eisenhower administration and cornucopia same broadcast parlay cashes early. <laughs> also adding to that is Tom F, who says just need a Katie bar the door for my round robin. Cash it. Len Glow, Gil Nash has no clue. He's a po- You know what, Len Glow, you're right about that. Let's bring in Jonathan Von Tobel. Read more tweets in a bit. Uh, that is such a great point. We'll start with Brooklyn and Boston here because we talked about Katie in the first segment and just the brilliance of the Boston defense. But that is a great point Len Glow makes because that's something I texted Jeff as well during that game, which is Steve Nash has no answers to any of this. Do you think that's a deficiency in Nash or just the fact that the, the dynamic created – with KD and Kyrie as such that no coach could really penetrate that team in any way. Yeah, I think it's a little of both, but Nash deserves some blame here because even if it's like, Hey, I've got two ball dominant guys, you, know, you can run more stuff off the ball. You can try to get some of these guys a little bit more involved. You know, the offense gets so stagnant because it's your turn, my turn. It's Kevin Durant trying to find his mid range jumper. It's Kyrie Irving trying to hit tough shots and you get a game one performance from Kyrie where everything goes down. It looks great. You score over 35 points. You have a chance at winning that game. But at the same time, the optimal shot is not working for 10 seconds of the shot clock. And then, you know, trying to put up a really tough turnaround jumper with a hand in your face. And that's kind of what this is devolved to for the bus, the, the Brooklyn, the Nets. Now, I'll also say that we have to remember that Brooklyn is somewhat shorthanded, right? We talk all this about Ben Simmons, who's end up not going to play. Joe Harris has not played all year long. That's going to be a really good mm-hmm. piece for them when they get back to next year. Good defender, amazing shooter. And that opens up the floor for you a little bit more, too, when you're talking about having this offense show a little bit more. And to also be fair to Brooklyn, there are areas of the floor which they're exceeding in this series. You know, transition, for example, they've been killing Boston in transition. Uh, offense rating, according to cleaning the glass, 164.3 per 100 plays in transition, 221.1 off of live rebounds, which is really good. But the problem is, obviously, uh, but, but the problem is you're not getting that many live rebounds to get out and run because Boston's been doing such a good job on their end of the floor. And the other is your half-court offense has not been uh, – operating at a very high level because of the issues that we're talking about here. So if you can get Nash to kind of get a little bit more life in this off ball stuff, when KD and Kyrie have the ball, then maybe you can find a little bit more life. Steph, Seth Curry should have some bigger games than what he's been doing up to this point, more shot attempts than what he's doing up to this point, but he's not. And I, and that falls squarely in the lap of Steve Nash. Is it interesting though, that when I asked the question about teams that were down three to one, or in the case of this one, three, nothing, who's the one most likely to, to make some noise that Brooklyn was not the answer to this question and that 
do you feel like, just like with the Warriors, that even if, and, and I assume you don't have a play on, on tonight's game because we know what happens with officiating at home and who knows any one game in the NBA playoffs, but that this feels gentleman sweep at worst for the Celtics? It, it does. And actually, I do have a play today. I oh, did play one. I, I laid one with Brooklyn because okay. you know, everything that we're talking about here, you know, I do believe that there's going to be a, a different mindset from this offense. I mentioned the positives that are actually out there for the Brooklyn Nets in terms of transition, uh, the way that they've been shooting the ball as well. If you actually look at it uh, in terms of uncontested three point attempts in this series are averaging 16 point uh, 16 per game, which means closest defender six feet or farther away. So they're generating really good looks from the three that they're playing extremely well in transition. They're actually shooting the ball pretty well. Not in garbage time. It's over 42% from three, the Brooklyn Nets. So if you can kind of just put these things together for a single game and elimination setting at home before you go back on the road, I think you can probably get that done. And it's also about the adjustment here too, right? Game one, closed uh, Nets, or excuse me, uh, Celtics minus four, then he covered that game. And yes, the last two have gone poorly, but also mixed in, there was a blown 17-point lead from the Brooklyn Nets in game two. So I think the market, while there maybe deserved to be some sort of an adjustment here, uh, to me, I'm just going to play on the fact that maybe we're, we're going a little too far in the other direction and we're kind of forgetting the competitive nature of the first two games of this series after what we've seen transpire in terms of the final result. But yeah, I think Brooklyn, you're going to get a little bit of a better effort here today. You're only laying one as opposed to the three in game three. And uh, with this essentially was home court advantage just baked in this number. And that's about it in this series. All right, let's go rapid fire on these. Cause there's mm-hmm. so many, there's so many great series still that we haven't even gotten to. That's that resume tomorrow night. Uh, the Hawks and the heat, the heat are now up three to one. The Hawks just take really bad shots, John. Yep. They're, you know, they were one of these teams where you're like on any given night, the Hawks could, could really do their thing. But when the heat win, they win so emphatically in the series. And I really do feel the heat are sort of, the elite team that could actually still win the championship that no one is talking about. Do you think they get this done? It is, it is in game uh, in game five tomorrow night though, the heat by seven and a half. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about the point spread, but I do think they're going to win this game. I mean, I think when you look at Miami and their ability to defend, especially the Atlanta Hawks, you know, we'll see what happens when you get to a series of Philly where there's three guys that you got to take care of as opposed to one. And one of them has a massive size advantage in Joel Embiid. But when you're talking about just this series where your main offensive threat is Trey Young, who loves to shoot logo threes and uh, has really been kind of odd in terms of his shot selection, uh, the fact that it seems that their second best option offensively that they're running a lot of stuff for is DeAndre Hunter. It's weird like they'll tell they'll take 12 seconds to run a play for Hunter to get to like a mid range jumper. Uh, you just don't really love what's going on with this offense. And you saw it transpire yesterday, 93.7 in terms of the overall offense rating 80.3 in the half court. They're actually shutting them down in transition too. There's just really nothing to work there for Atlanta. And even in game three, you give up a 21, nothing run in the third quarter. It looked like the, the heat were going to get away with it. And they have an, an unconventional poor fourth quarter in terms of defensive production. This just isn't going to happen. And by the way, too, Atlanta not forcing any turnovers in any way whatsoever that gets you out in transition and they're not able to do that. So uh, we're right about where we should be, at least by my number with the power rating, but I think Miami should be able to take care of this thing at South beach. No problem. All right. Mentioned the, uh, the free throw disparity yesterday in some of these games, Pelicans, 42 free throw attempts, the sun's 15, the T wolves, 40, the Grizzlies, 25 Taylor Jenkins lost his mind. And I agree with him. Like I just thought that that game was so poorly officiated, but it's game five tomorrow night back in Memphis, Memphis uh, favored by a good chunk. Again, another touchdown spread here uh, in favor of the Grizzlies tomorrow night. I I don't know what you make of this series from night to night. Uh, Let's call it six and a half to be exact. Grizzlies tomorrow. We're showing a six even. What do you think here? 
So I, I have bet on the Timberwolves every game in this series. You know, I came into this series thinking that mm -hmm. the T-Wolves are being undervalued. I have bet them in every game accordingly. And uh, I feel a little jaded because I feel like I should be 3-1 after that <laughs> consecutive blown 21-point leads uh, in game three. But I want to see if the market gets back up to seven here. And I'm just going to go back to my philosophy. I think these two teams are very evenly matched. These are teams that I think when you're talking about putting them on a neutral, it wouldn't be that much separating them. Maybe about two and a half points in favor of the Memphis Grizzlies, as opposed to what the market is putting out there for us in these last few games. So I understand. I agree, by the way, like it was a poorly officiated game for so Jenkins bad. and the Grizzlies. It was extremely bad. There were some on the other side, but it was very much skewed in favor of Minnesota. But I just think when we're talking about this, the last two games give you some hope for if you're Minnesota. It was the two best defensive games they put together. If they're forcing turnovers at a really high clip, they're getting out and running, using Carl Anthony Towns as a mixed match that he is. I, I, there are things here that still work in the favor of Minnesota to the point where I think the market's still a little high. So I came into it thinking I'm going to bet on him every game. Deal. I've done it up to this point, and I'm just going to continue to do so until we see some sort of adjustment or if the series ends and I'm down. But I, I think up to this point, in, in an odd way, I feel vindicated in my, my approach to this series. I like your approach. Uh, Pelicans are not going to have a 42 to 15 advantage in free throws tomorrow night in game five in Phoenix. Barkley makes a great point. Charles Barkley about Chris Paul. Like he's at the age where he can bring it some nights, maybe not other nights. We see this. He's super frustrated by Alvarado. Suns, yeah. Suns have enough to win this series or are they in big trouble? They have enough, but I'll say this about the free throw discrepancy. You know, we're talking about this last series. That was because of a poorly officiated game. The Suns don't don't force the issue within four feet of the basket. The Pelicans will. And that's the big difference that you see in terms of, like, the discrepancy of free throws. Is it going to be that great this time around? No. But will it still be there in favor of New Orleans? I believe so. The Suns are just a mid-range shooting team. You see it. There's not a lot of guys who are attacking off the bounce. And the bad thing for Phoenix is not only are you missing Devin Booker, you've gotten bad campaign. And that's not the thing that you want. Because if Cameron Payne can't create for you in terms of offense, then you really only have Chris Paul, and that's about it. And that's a really big problem for the Suns. You see it in those minutes when Paul's not out there. There's nothing. So I think the Suns should be able to win this, but uh, it's going to be a touch and go. Yeah. I didn't mention the Bulls and Bucks again. Sorry, Bulls fans. 20, 24 no point uh, deficit defeats the last two nights out. Doesn't look good. That game five, not till Wednesday, along with the Warriors. Nuggets game five. JBT, thank you as always, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the games tonight. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.